My mother grabbed the iron poker from the fireplace and said, get in the car. I pulled on my sneakers and followed her outside. She had that look on her face, distracted and mean, as though she'd just been dragged out of a deep sleep full of dreams. She was mad, I could tell right away, but not at me, not this time. Her car was a lime green hatchback with blotches and stripes of putty smeared over the dents. The shitbox, she called it. We called it, actually. My mother hated the thing so much she didn't mind if I swore at it. What a piece of shit, I'd grumble, whenever it stalled on us, which we could gamble on happening at least once a day, more if it was snowing. Far and away, the most unreliable car we ever had in our life together. It was a machine that ran on prayer. Among the car's many other defects, the inside casing of the passenger door had broken off, leaving the mechanical skeleton that controlled the window and lock exposed. I poked my finger inside the levers, watching the sinewy rubber push and pull, the metal joints grasp and release. A spectacular display. I couldn't get enough of it. Stop it, Mum said. She reached over and grabbed my hand. This car's as old as me. More than 20 years, at least. I don't know how much longer it's going to stay in one piece. Where are we going, I asked her. She lit the cigarette bobbing anxiously between her lips and slid her key into the ignition. I held my breath. It was a ritual so intuitive that I never questioned its provenance or worth, silently assuming that any exchange I might have with the present atmosphere would choke up the magic at work under the car's hood. And then what? Would we be able to drive to school, work, and stores like everyone else in the suburbs? Or would we hear the familiar sputter and cough that so often ruined our day? Come on, Mum whispered, come on. A rumble. The engine turned over. We were going somewhere. My mother and I lived on the north shore of Massachusetts. Boston was only 30 minutes away, though we seldom made it out that far. Not in one of her cars. Wherever we went that day was close to home because we drove for only a few minutes before she parked on a quiet, tree-lined street and got out. I remember watching her body pass by through the windshield, then jumping into her arms as she opened the door, lifted me up, and sat me on top of the car's hood. It was a cool gray day, and the metal felt warm beneath my legs. Mum leaned into the open driver's side window and pulled out our fireplace poker from the back seat. Then, without a word, she began smashing the windshield of someone else's car. This other car was red, I remember, but it's possible I'm wrong, that over the years I've painted it in my mother's rage. How old was I? Four? Maybe five? Small enough still that my mother sometimes carried me, but too old to be shocked by the things she did. My mother. Her name was Kathleen, which she shortened to Kathy. Spell it with a Y, or God forbid a C, and she'd lacerate your face with her scowl. She was a hair taller than five feet, and I once saw her turn over a refrigerator during a fight with one of her boyfriends. The core of her strength was concentrated in her lungs. Like all the women in our bloodline, Kathy was a screamer. Sometimes she opened her mouth, and the screech that came out sustained for minutes without breaking or getting hoarse. She used to bend down to scream directly into my face, and I would get lost staring at the black fillings in her molars, the heat of her breath touching my skin like a finger. But volume was never an accurate herald of my mother's mood. 
Loud was simply the who and the what of her. That voice, those big dangling earrings, the long red nails and skin-tight jeans and shirts slid open a few inches below the cleavage of her enormous breasts. I was forever climbing onto my mother's lap, trying to button her shirt higher. No, honey, she'd say, pulling my hands off her chest. Mummy wants to show off her boobies right now.